Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to Geek Town Radio. It's our first Geek Town Radio of 2021 and we're doing the results of the Geek Town Awards this week and so I have with me... Gray and Matt once again. Hello. It's <laughs> a little remix tune. Yes, yes, the little remix is back. So, uh, yeah, we've got both people on because, you know, we did the uh, show beforehand launching the awards. So I thought it was only fair to bring both of you back so we can chat a bit through the winners. But before we get into the awards themselves, we have, of course, had a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year. So uh, what have you been doing, Matt? Just uh, enjoyed the Christmas break, of course, as much as we uh, could. Uh, And in that time, I did get around to finishing Ori and the Will of the Wisps from Moon Studios over at Xbox. The game's also available on Switch now as well. Both of the games are available on Switch, so if you want to play them, they are on there as well. Um, It's such a fantastic game. It can get slightly frustrating in terms of, because it's a bit more sort of Metroidvania-esque than uh, your usual type of platform, so you do have to sort of search around a little bit for certain things. But once you get into sort of a good rhythm with the game, the combat is amazing, the atmosphere of the game, there's there's a lot of work that's put into that. There's a lot of chase sequences in the game that are really, really well done, and the ending is quite interesting as well. I'm not going to obviously talk spoilers about it, but um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where the whole franchise goes after that particular ending. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd recommend both games. Those are available on probably Game Pass on PC as well. Game Pass for Xbox and uh, Switch. Game Pass obviously isn't on Nintendo Switch, but you can get those two games on Switch as well. I really, really enjoyed that and um, played that on Game Pass. That was great. Yes, I've heard good things about that. It's very pretty looking. Yes, it's great. Got some really good visual sort of presentation. And the way the soundtrack blends into that as well it's just it's just really beautiful oh so, cool yeah uh, but when um saw the first i think i've seen four or five episodes that wild series uh, that we talked about oh yeah on amazon prime it's a sort of ya young adults teenage sort of survival series uh these young women are put onto this island and there's some things going on with it in terms of what's happening outside of that uh the show's got an interesting balance because you've got flash forwards you've got the present day storyline yeah and then you've got the flashbacks to explore who are these women what happened to them you know how did they get here that kind of thing structurally the show's got is a little bit of an issue there not too much of an issue but it, I think it maybe should work on trying to I, I know it's difficult because you've got three different timelines of stories to tell like the future the, the present and the past balancing that has been a little bit tricky but there's moments in one of the early episodes where 
for me, things really clicked into place a lot more. But uh, I quite enjoyed it. It's it's scratching the lost itch a little bit. It's just very different to that. But it's still you, you do still have the sort of how are they going to get the next you know meal or how are they going to get uh, any kind of shelter and that sort of thing. Um, and of course, the other thing that's happening on the outside for those of you that, that have watched the show would know what I'm talking about. That's quite an interesting angle to take as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. I've seen four or five episodes. Can't remember exactly, but uh, that's been quite good. Yeah, I uh, interviewed the production designer for that. So there is an interview up. In, cool. If you go back a couple of episodes in the feed, there is an interview with the production designer for that. And it's just been renewed for a second, or it was just renewed for a second season before we went on Christmas break as well. So uh, nice. there is another season of it coming. And uh, I, I haven't watched the rest of it yet, but I, I need to go back to it. But it does look really, uh, really fun, how, that show. How many episodes have you seen? First couple of episodes I think I've watched. I haven't watched any more yet. Okay, cool. It's been very good. That's on Amazon Prime. And then the last thing I want to talk about, which is also on Amazon Prime, but going out weekly, is The Expanse. And it's just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're five episodes into this season. They started off with three and then were released them weekly after that. Um, I like that Amazon's starting to do that because they did that with The Boys as well. Yeah. Um, but a lot, a lot of their other shows have been like box hits and that sort of thing, like The Wilds. It's just great space exploration. There's some good space combat. The characters are interesting. And I can't really get into spoilers about why this season specifically is so good but there's some crazy chaotic big explosive things happening this season certainly uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about David yes but, um, yeah I have been watching yeah, this yeah it's you want to talk about drama and stakes then there's, there's certainly some of that going on in there uh, but I've been I've been thoroughly thoroughly enjoying that it's uh, again just continues all the good sci-fi TV we've had recently yeah yeah it's been brilliant this season the expanse mm-hmm. I'm kind of sad that they're bringing it to an end I know it can't go on forever um, but uh, they are actually saying that I think they're doing one more season after this mm-hmm. but they are saying yeah. that they are possibly going to do something else after that because there are more books mm. so yeah. they're going to bring it to a reasonable end point for the TV series but they are saying that they might then go on and do some other stuff so whether that's a movie or, or one-off things or miniseries or something else they may do something else afterwards but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really yeah. enjoy that do show. It. A, uh, an Amos spinoff <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be cool that, that would be good yeah, yeah I like think he, he could definitely hold his own yeah totally yeah. so uh, Gray what about you what have you been up to well I have been up to quite a lot but I won't spend too much time talking about it they fall into three distinct categories one is the Christmas specials that flood our TV channels y- yes. over the entire period so you name it I've probably tried to watch it over the last few weeks the second category is I dig a big Christmas movie marathon over Christmas Christmas, tried to sort of get a Christmas movie most days up to Christmas and then a couple of really um, uh, ones I hadn't seen for a while and and that sort of culminated in watching Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which was Chadwick Boseman's last TV uh, last film appearance it was a tough movie to watch actually a friend who watched it said um, it worked better as a play and I tend to agree but fantastic performances from uh, Chadwick and Viola Davis Um, I also watched Jumanji The Next Level which I hadn't seen Um, it was one of those that I missed when it went into the cinemas so those are my two ones and then I did a lot of trying to catch up on some of the best TV programs of 2020 so I finished Des I also finished Cobra I finished the I Am series from Channel 4 and I'm just a few episodes away from finishing Blind Spot which I know is now completely ended but I'm going to sort of end on the one thing I did watch and I would uh, encourage anyone of my age range and much younger as well to go and watch is a documentary SMTV a TV story which started on Boxing Day 
day, but they repeated it a couple of days later. And basically it charts the story of SMTV, which was on a Saturday television yes. um, in the very late 90s, early noughties. Um, and it sort of took over, took the ratings away from live and kicking and was the first experience we had as Ant and Deck as sort of like these freestyle live presenters. Yeah. Um, I watched it because here's my history. I used to work backstage on SMTV. <laughs> Do when you really? I, yeah, when wow. I was a, a, a university student, we had to get work experience and I, I studied broadcasting and television. So my work experience was in the London studios where they were based. <laughs> so I worked and my work experience on the top floor for the news and weather. And then I had someone who got me in with SMTV on the bottom floor. So I'd come back on Saturdays. I would be getting on like a 4 a.m. train and I'd get to the London studios about 6 a.m. And I was one of those people who would get the children all hyped up, ready to go on the show. So you'd play <laughs> them loads of music, give them loads of Haribo and Fanta, and then you'd put them on the TV. And then you were the, basically my job as an audience steward. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I watched that. Good memories, some great things. I've got a wonky donkey on my uh, cabinet here. Um, that Fantastic. In the very last episode. But if you want some nostalgia, if you are, I think you're going to be sort of very late 20s and in your 30s and you did grow up to SMTV and CD UK, just watch about how it came to be and how they became so popular. To be fair, I'm over that age limit and I still have very fond memories of SMTV. I loved that show. It was so well put together and really was the thing that there was one show I think they did for the BBC, which was them doing that sort of presenting before then but this was the first sort of full-blown live presenting gig that they did and it was entirely by them and uh, I, I wasn't aware of this documentary being out there but I'm definitely going to watch it because yeah. it's I love that show I thought it was brilliant it was very very funny so good it was so good and some great people come on to talk about it they're a bit annoying a lot of the people never appeared on it their, their celebrity came a lot later but there right. are a couple of people who were on it at the time and and sort of they um i think it's brian from westlife and kylie appear and they talk about how <laughs> it was the show to be on and yeah and and it was i remember like the the popularity of the people you got on that show was just incredible but yeah that was my my little nostalgia um and i will talk to you another day about taskmaster the tease to season 11 that came just over the christmas period i know right. not everyone's a taskmaster fan but i've become a huge fan of it lately but that's mainly what i've been watching so uh dave it's only over to you now well after we talked about the awards and announced the uh, the awards originally i was utterly ashamed at the lack of movies that i'd watched over the it was like three films i think i'd watched over the last sort of 12 months so i decided i was going to make a conscious effort to at least watch a couple of movies over christmas one of them was soul which was released on disney plus on they'd released that on christmas day i think didn't they yeah. um which is a wonderful Pixar film. It's not quite up to the level of something like Wally or Up, but it does have that same kind of feeling of, of taking a particular subject matter, in, in this case, the sort of the idea of sort of what is life and what are goals and what you should be doing with your life and that sort of thing, and creates this sort of narrative out of it. And it follows this middle school teacher who has these dreams of becoming 
this jazz musician and gets his big break and an unfortunate incident happens and he finds himself in in an entirely different world and scurrying to try and get back to make sure that he can make this uh, gig which he's landed which is supposed to be his big break in jazz it's just wonderfully put together it's got some really interesting voices that suddenly pop up in it as well because uh, it's Jamie Foxx I think is the lead and Tina Fey plays another key character that he meets but Graham Norton is one of the voices in it and so is Richard Iowardi and it's I, I hadn't checked the cast list beforehand and like Richard Iowardi pops up and you're like oh yeah that's Richard Iowardi because he's very distinct and Graham Norton pops up and you're like wait a minute that's Graham Norton <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah that I was, think he did his on his um interview show on on a Friday night. He mentioned it. He brought someone else on from the film, right? Yeah, and he said it was the most bizarre thing to be asked to do it. Yeah, it's a wonderful cast, and uh, there's some great music in it. It's not a musical, but it is based around jazz, so there's a lot of kind of jazz music in there, and that's all really brilliant. It's Trent Reznor that who is one of the people that provided the music for it, along with a couple of other people. He's a great composer and um, the principal songwriter. For nine inch nails randomly as well but he's a great composer and writer as well uh, as doing the sort of nine inch nails stuff so yeah so that's well worth going to watch if you've uh, not been onto disney plus and seen that the other film i watched was 1917 which if you've not seen this yet is is just a superb war movie the kind of unique thing about it is it's done in two or three really long takes or designed to look like it's in two or three really long takes so they are continuous shots the camera doesn't cut away it doesn't cut in for like close-ups and stuff it's a really interesting film technique uh, Roger Deakins who is the cinematographer on it got knighted this year and utterly deserves that knighthood for this movie I mean it's just phenomenal visually it's a phenomenal piece of work there are a few historical inaccuracies in it and it is uh, you know Sam Mendes directed it and it, uh, you know it is a fictitious story based on a few real events set around the war but it's still a wonderfully put together film beautiful to look at it's it's from a cinematographer point of view it's absolutely stunning and how they managed to string everything together i i was just blown away by it so uh that i think is well worth going to watch it's on um I, you can rent it or buy it on sky and various other places at the moment so uh, i think it's on amazon I yeah i I think it probably is on Amazon as yeah, well at the moment. Yeah. But yes, definitely worth picking up that if you haven't seen it. The other thing I watched very late to the party was Tiger King. Hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I completely missed the Tiger King boat when it was first out. What a bonkers series that yeah. is. I mean, it's just just completely crazy. As a documentary, I, I still prefer The Vow. I think The Vow overall, uh, I, I do like as a documentary more. But um, yeah, it's, it's wonderfully insane. Tiger King thing. It's frightening the amount of tigers that are in captivity in America at the moment. It's just nuts. I think we've all talked about Tiger King before, so uh, of course, go and watch it. It's just brilliant. Just an insane, insane story and well worth watching. So that's all the stuff I've been doing over Christmas. Let's move on to the awards. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So as you know, we were running the Geek Town Awards throughout December and we announced the winners or started to announce the winners on the website a couple of days ago so you can go up and view these in list format on the website but of course you know as we always do we're going to go through them on here as well and give our opinions on uh, what people voted for and also we've got a few percentages as well so you can see quite how close some of the categories were and uh, some of the winners were and that sort of thing as well so we'll start off with the best new non-sci-fi drama the nominees for best new non-sci-fi drama were alex rider cobra gangs of london i may destroy you perry mason the new pope truth be told and yellowstone the top three the bronze went to i may destroy you silver went to alex rider and the gold very much so by quite a large margin went to gangs of london thoughts on any of these did you either of you two watch gangs of london no 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 <laughs> there you go that's one to add to your list one that you catch up I'm really on. pleased with the silver and bronze though those were two that I was really pleased were on the list they're mm. two really good dramas from this year yeah yeah. I, I keep hearing endlessly good things about I May Destroy You and Alex Ryder sounds like it's something up my street yeah Alex Ryder is very very much your sort of show and definitely something you should watch yeah. um, Gangs of London though uh, which uh, took the gold by a fairly strong percentage was absolutely superb this just epic drama set in the streets of London. It's this power struggle between these gangs when this power vacuum kind of forms following the assassination of the crime boss of one of the families. Uh, the crime boss is played by Cole Meany, but you see bits and pieces of him in sort of flashback. It's from the award-winning filmmaker behind The Raid, Gareth Evans. It's really beautifully put together. The uh, first season stars Joel Cole from Peaky Blinders and string of other brilliant cast as well. If you've not watched Gangs of London, it really is worth looking at. Weirdly, if you like things like Game of Thrones, it's got that same sort of epic feel. It just happens to be set in modern day London. Hmm. So I would say if you like those big storylines with sort of twists and turns and backstabbing and the sort of family tension going on, really, really worth watching. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that series. It has got a second season, although that's it's not coming until 2022, the second season. But uh, it's well, well worth watching if you've not gone out and caught it. So yeah, that's one I would recommend to both of you to go out and uh, stick on your watch list. For best returning non-sci-fi drama, we had Better Call Saul, Billions, Good Girls, Hannah, Homeland, Narcos Mexico, Outlander, Ozark, The Crown, This Is Us, Tin Star and You. The top three went to uh, Better Call Saul in the bronze position, just beating it slightly ahead 
it was you from Netflix in the silver position and The Crown took the gold by a fairly sizable margin as well. Yeah, Netflix did fairly well out of that, winning all three awards. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. certainly for the UK, although A Better Call Salt is technically an AMC show, but you and The Crown are our Netflix direct series. I mean, I love The Crown. The current series I know has a lot of dubious stuff historically in it, but um, it's great piece of entertaining drama. I'm surprised you did do so well, considering it's one of those that came out so long ago. It, yes. We talked about it, didn't we? Mm. The Crown is in everyone's mind, and I really, you know, I can see why that did that did so well. But something that was released in December, Boxing Day, I think it was last year, yeah. I'm really pleased it's done very well. And I think Netflix did, did well down the list as well, didn't they? Didn't they come in fourth as well, Dave? Yeah, yeah. The Ozark came in uh, the fourth position as well. So, I mean, they did extremely well in this category. They have got some great dramas on there. I mean, I think Amazon Prime has some great stuff as well. And there's some wonderful stuff, obviously, in Sky Atlantic and other places. Although Sky's really ramped things up this year. So there's maybe not that many returning dramas. And they do also put out more miniseries and limited series than they do like ongoing stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's good to see uh, Better Call Saul in there. Maybe had its best season or one of its best seasons. You I couldn't really get into in The Crown. I haven't started. Bit of a shame not to see Good Girls in the in the top three because I thought that was great this season. Mm. Um, but yeah, good to see Better Call Saul in the in the top three at least. Yeah, I, I was happy with those as the uh, top three. And uh, like you, Gray, I was quite surprised that you did so well considering we're so far away from when it launched. Moving on to Best Limited Series, we had Des, Dracula, Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Normal People, Roadkill, The Comey Rule, The Outsider, The Sister, The Stranger, The Third Day, The Undoing. A lot of things with the in the title when you're making limited series. <laughs> and White House Farm as well. So the top three that were voted for was Des, which came in bronze, The Stranger, which came in silver, and Dracula, which came in gold by a reasonable margin as well. I was quite surprised by this because it wasn't all that positive a reaction to the way that show ended. And again, it's another one that was out in January last mm. year. So it's a long time ago. Yeah, it still picked up the Gold Award. I remember the third episode was a real wreck compared to the first and second one. <laughs> so the first and second episodes were really good, really strong. And yeah. then watch the third, you were like, what have they done? Why have they done that? And it was a bit <laughs> of a, you know, but I'm really pleased. Obviously, up on my update, I've just watched Dead's so now I've seen the top three. I'm, I'm really pleased. I've seen the top three. Mm. And I don't think that's necessarily the right order. I think Des is a really good drama. Um, yeah. And it had three strong episodes. The Stranger was bonkers and had lots of good episodes. But it's a BBC One drama. I remember when you did the nominations, Dave, you said that, you know, BBC One dramas normally fare quite well in our votes. Yeah, mm. just because there's more people that can watch it. I'm surprised Normal People wasn't a little bit higher. It came in fifth Normal People, but yeah. How many episodes did Dracula have? Three. three. Oh, just yeah. three. Okay. So they messed it up at the end is what you Yeah, think. basically, yeah. Okay. They time jumped and the time jump just was a little bit, I think it was just misfiring. It just <laughs> misfired our expectations. So people were a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I think there was maybe better way to go with it. I didn't mind the time jump so much, but I think that maybe there was different way to handle it. I just don't think it quite stuck the landing um, mm. with, with that. So, you know, it's a shame really. But yeah, I mean, it was a one-off thing. Uh, 
and uh, you know it's out there if people want to go and watch it and it was a great portrayal of Dracula as well uh, Klaus mm. Bang I think he's the name of the um, actor yeah, that played I loved the, his name yeah. I'm surprised I didn't get more into Des because I really do like David Tennant a lot. I just couldn't get into the show. But, you know, David Tennant being in the top three basically makes sense. Well, yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Tennant, put David Tennant in something, there is a fair chance that it's going to uh, get nominated and possibly win. Speaking yeah. of which, best new comedy series, Aquafina is Normal from Queens, I Hate Susie, Love Life, Miracle Workers, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, Righteous Gemstones, Run, staged upload and zoe's extraordinary playlist the top three were upload which came in for bronze i hate susie which got the silver and the gold went to staged which i'm extremely happy about zoe's which of course is is mine and matt's definite pick i think came in sixth and you're all wrong (laughs) it should have been higher (laughs) Uh, but but, uh, yeah so i hate susie i thought was great i really enjoyed that show as well i staged absolutely deserves to be up there and i'm absolutely fine with that winning the second season we're recording this on the monday night and the second season starts tonight on bbc one so uh, i'm very much looking forward to that that was just brilliant particularly for something that was really came out of nowhere in the middle of lockdown really sort of gave us a laugh in the middle of just this horrendous weirdness because it was well it was I mean, it was actually quite early on in the lockdown process as well as people were trying to find things out. So that's going to be interesting to see how the second series goes down. And I'm so happy Upload got into the uh, top three as well because that Mm -hmm. was such a fun show. And I didn't think that would necessarily fare all that well because it's tucked away on on Amazon Prime. So I I was so happy that that actually landed where it did. Yeah, Robert said he enjoyed Upload as well. He was trying to encourage me to watch it. I just haven't done that yet. Yes, you really should. Given your love of The Good Place, absolutely it's a show that you should watch um, because it has a very similar vibe to it. uh, uh, Robbie Amell, isn't it? Yes, it's Robbie Amell. And it's written by the person who was the writing partner of Mike Searle who did The Good Mm. Place. Lots of boxes ticked there. Yeah, there are a lot of boxes ticked in that. It's really Mm -hmm. fun. And it is about the afterlife as well. So, you know, um, it's weird how they both ended up doing shows about the afterlife after um, (laughs) Uh, the previous it's one. good to see good to see stage in here you know uh, David Tennant Michael Sheen which yeah. is great uh, looking forward to watching that next season later on yeah it's a, it's a shame that Zoe didn't get in the top three but it's my number one for the year and that's that's all that matters <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah yeah it's surprising that again just kind of going off of what we said about Dracula with it kind of messing up a little bit I'm surprised I Hate Susie did get in it because I remember reading some uh, people talking about it online and a lot of people didn't really seem to like that so that's another one that kind of surprises me in the same mm. way that Dracula does because a lot of people didn't seem to like Dracula but yeah that's how that ended up I'm really pleased with the outcome um, I'm not sure about I Hate Susie I had a bit of a problem with it but stage is definitely the right answer but you know even they must have been close they're all quite fair votes across that whole section surely um, looking at the percentages Dave like it's only got 10% of the vote to win which means Zoe's must have been a good sixth place let's take that from it it was a good strong sixth place yeah I mean the other thing of, of course what you have to bear in mind with this is we also have an option when you're voting to say I've not seen any of these so we don't skew the vote by people just picking shows because they like the actor in it and we don't want people voting on things
things that they just haven't seen. So there was a larger percentage for people that just hadn't watched comedies this year, which is weird because it's not usually that low. And you would have thought in a year like we've just had, people would air more towards comedies, but apparently not. So <laughs> I felt that was kind of interesting because they did seem to be a lot fewer people watching comedies this year, certainly the people that were voting on this, which was interesting. But uh, yeah, so that's why the percentages are are smaller in this. But yeah, I, I think generally between the sort of top six shows, the percentages were a lot closer. In terms of returning comedy, again, smaller percentages because there were less people that watched comedy this year, but the shows were a choice between Afterlife, Ballers, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, Inside Number Nine, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Modern Family, This Country, and What We Do in the Shadows. Top three went to Modern Family taking the bronze, Brooklyn Nine-Nine taking the silver, and uh, once again, Afterlife taking the gold. It won Best New Comedy last year, and uh, took it by a reasonable margin this year as well. A uh, good few percentage points ahead of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I'm fine with that. Totally deserved. It's such a brilliant show, is Afterlife. And uh, the way it manages to go from hilariously funny to horrifically tragic within a few seconds is, is yeah. amazing. It's the best thing, I think, that Ricky Gervais has ever done. It's going to be interesting to see him come back for a third season because he's never done a third season of any show before. He has promised that will be the last one. He joked when he announced that he was doing a third season that he was going to crash an asteroid into the village to stop Netflix from being able to force him to write another season of it afterwards. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think Modern Family and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I don't think it's a great surprise that those are the uh, other two places. Modern Family, it was on its final season and that had a lot of love for that. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a hugely, hugely popular comedy. So I'm not overly surprised that those three took the top spot here. I like Inside Number 9 a lot. It's a bit of a shame that that didn't get into the top three. Brooklyn Nine-Nine surprises me a bit. I still think the show's great. I don't think that season was actually very good, but Afterlife taking gold again is uh, another award to pile on to um, Ricky Gervais. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. And, um, we expected Modern Family to do well. It's their last season, but now it's out of it. So next year, it gives someone else an opportunity in that category, definitely, because it doesn't have to come in the votes anymore. But no, yeah. Uh, afterlife very well deserved yeah totally so on to best new sci-fi or fantasy series we had Brave New World Cursed Fort Salem Snowpiercer Star Trek Picard The Mandalorian The Witcher Upload and War of the Worlds top three places I don't think these are a huge surprise it was just <laughs> which order they were going to land in so the bronze award went to Star Trek Picard the silver went to The Witcher and the gold went to The Mandalorian now The Mandalorian did have a slightly unfair advantage because it is the one A that's been on air most recently and B had both seasons this year as well whereas you know The Witcher and Star Trek Picard only had one season each for a while The Witcher and The Mandalorian were very close but it ended up being about an 8% difference between the pair of them so I mean it, it did manage to pull away ahead but I'm fine with those three at the top I think that's perfectly reasonable to me like the, the top two 
you know, the Silver and Gold with uh, Witcher and the Mandalorian, which I both think are excellent shows. Star Trek Picard, I mean, I couldn't really get into Star Trek Picard, but what I saw of it was was quite good. But that makes sense that the Witcher and Mandalorian would kind of be fighting it out, I suppose. Yeah, my friend said Mandalorian's really good, so I believe him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to get you watching more genre TV, Greg. <laughs> I will, I promise. 2021, New Year's resolution. There's, more a, there's a baby Yoda in the show, you should. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> the, the, Mand- <laughs> the Mandalorian is, is a great show overall and the witcher is a great show overall as well i mean um i understand if you don't want to get into star trek picard if you've never done star trek before then that, uh-huh. that's quite a difficult thing to get into if you've not done the previous stuff but certainly the witcher and the mandalorian are well well worth watching in terms of returning sci-fi fantasy series we have uh altered carbon doctor who his dark materials kingdom lost in space star trek discovery supernatural the expanse and Westworld. The top three, Bronze went to Supernatural, Silver went to His Dark Materials, Gold went to Doctor Who. Doctor Who's an odd one because whenever we put it in this, it always comes out top, pretty much. It's rare for something to beat Doctor Who, I think partly because the fan base is so enormous for it and a lot of people have grown up with it because whether you're my age or whether you're more kind of Matt's age, they've people that are grown up with Doctor Who either the original series or the the newer version of it or the fan base is just enormous for it and it's on the BBC as well so I think that leans into it Here's Dark Materials I really struggled with Me too Supernatural I don't think it's any great surprise that that's in there because it's a very beloved show and it was the final season went out this year so uh, I don't think that's a great surprise I'm not shocked that Here's Dark Materials is taking the silver place but that's not what I would have put in there Yeah Supernatural I've only seen the pilot of Dark Materials I saw half the pilot and Doctor Who I still need to go and watch the New Year's special but I am pretty much up to date with Jodie Whittaker run Uh, to me the best three shows here are Kingdom Expanse and Westworld so I'm on a bit of a different page here I suppose (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean certainly I would probably put Discovery in there Discovery actually came fourth but Mm -hmm. uh, I I would put Discovery in there out of those Westworld yes probably and The Expanse would probably be my top three um, yeah. but we can't control what people vote for this is why we uh, put the public vote out there so uh, mm-hmm. yeah I mean as I say Doctor Who is a much beloved show so uh, I, I'm nothing against Doctor Who and I think you know, the last season's been an, was an awful lot better than the season before it the news out today or the rumour is that the next season will be Jodie Whittaker's final season according to reports I mean to be fair it was in the mirror but the BBC isn't denying it either so whether there is any truth to that we don't know but it could be the final season coming up for Jodie Whittaker in which case there'll be a hunt for another Doctor again Mm. Is it (laughs) only reported by the Mirror? Yes but in fairness to the Mirror they've got quite a lot of form in actually getting that right so Mm. um, you know if it was some of the other tabloid press maybe not but the Mirror seems to have been fairly accurate calling that on multiple occasions so we'll see but the BBC haven't said one way or another or not of course because they don't tend to announce that sort of thing this far out they are still filming the next season of Doctor Who which is due out later this year so we'll have to wait and see whether in a few couple of months there is an announcement 
that we're going to get another Doctor. But uh, we know that they've got some new cast coming in because uh, John Bishop, the actor and comedian, is joining as a new companion. It was announced at the end of the um, special this week. So, uh, mm. yeah, I think that's not quite a nice new addition to the show. be interesting to see where, where they go with the next season of it, definitely. Mm. Moving on to best new comic book series, we had uh, Batwoman, Doom Patrol, Harlequin, I'm Not Okay With This, Lock and Key, Stargirl, Stumptown, Walking Dead World Beyond, and Warrior Nun. This was quite an interesting top three. Bronze Place went to Lock and Key, the Netflix series. Silver went to Walking Dead World Beyond, and Gold went to Harlequin. So I, I don't think I quite expected that at all. I mean, I think Harlequin I, it totally deserves to be up there. I think that animated series is superb, yeah, and definitely. it's so well put together. I'm absolutely okay with that being the thing that wins. I really enjoyed Walking Dead World Beyond. I've, I think that's been quite good as well. Lock and Key, I've still got to finish that first season of it, but I did quite enjoy it. Although personally, I would say I probably thought Warrior Num was a better show out of the two, but I mean, mm. you know, Gray, what would your pick have been out of this? I liked Harley Quinn and I'm really glad we had it on the list, but I honestly didn't think it would win, but I don't think Batwoman did very well, so it probably wasn't going to do, but I've heard great things about Warrior Nun. Maybe not enough people know about it, but then yeah. Lock, and, Lock and Key, you know, that was an early release. That was really early in the year, but I'm glad Harley win out of the, out of the list. Harley Quinn win. <laughs> get those words. <laughs> I'm glad Harley Quinn won. <laughs> Um, because that was my favourite out of them all. And I, I loved I'm Not Okay With This, but I think when a, a show gets cancelled really early on, some people don't even go to it because yeah. they're like, what's the point in going to that if I'm not going to see any follow-up? So that may have been a, a victim of its uh, sort of demise there. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with this. I mean, I didn't see Lock and Key, but the Silver and Gold I'm quite happy with. I like the Harley Quinn show a lot and I've really enjoyed Walking Dead World Beyond a lot. So yeah. um, the others, I don't think I've, yeah, I saw I'm, a, I'm Not Okay With This really really enjoyed that so I haven't seen Warrior Nun or Lock and Key I've seen I think two episodes of Zoom Patrol so makes sense Harley Quinn would win yeah we'll have to see because there is a second season of it in fact there's a third season coming of it the second season's already gone out in the US we'll have to see if and when that turns up because you know it's E4 so who knows but yeah. um, it, it may or may not turn up in E4 this year it may end up somewhere else we'll have to wait and see best returning comic book series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Black Lightning Fear the Walking Dead Legends of Tomorrow Lucifer The Boys The Umbrella Academy The Walking Dead and Titans so the bronze went to the boys the silver went to the Umbrella Academy and the gold went to Lucifer by 0.3% (laughs) so it was really it wasn't the closest category but it was very very close I mean the the top four actually Walking Dead was fourth in that and uh the top four were very, very close. There was only like a couple of percent between them. But for, for a long time, the boys in Umbrella Academy were fighting it out. And then Lucifer just came ahead and shot above both of them. Hmm. Lucifer, I, I'm not surprised by that. Lucifer is a, is a wonderful series. It's actually a terrible comic book adaptation because it's nothing like the comic book. But it's a great TV series. <laughs> so, hmm. you know, it is actually quite a bad comic book adaptation. though. Umbrella Academy and the boys are great comic book adaptations are really really solid and uh, I love love both of those shows so I'm I'm very happy with this as a top three I think this is really good yeah I like the boys this season I think it did some good things uh, Lucifer I've not seen an episode of Umbrella Academy was very good second season 
Yeah. Walking Dead just continues to improve because of the new showrunner from the season before. Nations of Shield has been pretty good as well. But yeah, the top three is, is pretty good here. So. I'm just glad Titans didn't get anywhere near the top three. <laughs> yeah. You know how much we all dislike that. But um, yeah. uh, quite good yeah. outcomes. I haven't seen, I've tried to get into Lucifer, but I just got so far behind. It's I think it's too far to catch up now. But I'm yeah. so glad the boys in Umbrella Academy are featuring our top three. And, you know, mm-hmm. with all yeah, the... Sort of, oh, carry on. You sort of look at it and you see like 20 odd episodes for the first couple of seasons you're like uh, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe later <laughs> yeah. Too much. Yeah. I'm just glad yeah. that with all the Arrowverse not being in it it did give these ones a real fresh chance to mm. sort of stand out from the crowd because obviously we only had legends from the entire Arrowverse in the yeah. albums, and I just think that's a really good thing that we had a, a fresh lot of nominations really yeah I think that has helped actually this year and much as I adore legends out of the Arrowverse shows it is still my favourite Arrowverse show but it, it's nice that they weren't around to kind of muddy the waters this year as much and uh, you know gave Lucifer which is sort of Arrowverse adjacent and uh, you know Umbrella Academy and the boys which is just wonderful shows I'm, I'm really happy that those three ended up at the top so moving on to British TV show of the year we had uh, Brassic, Call the Midwife Cold Feet Doctor Who Grandchester I May Destroy You Our Girl Save Me Too and Des so Bronze went to Call the Midwife Silver went to Des and Gold once again went to Doctor Who like I say the problem is if you put Doctor Who in any of these lists it always tends to win because the fan base is so huge so that somewhat skews it Call the Midwife it was somewhat predictable because that usually scores fairly high I'm nice to see Des taking the silver spot in there as well though uh, I may destroy you much further down the list actually Brassic I'm quite happy came in fourth mm. I like Brassic I think it's probably I mean Save Me 2 is quite good uh, that and Brassic I really like in here uh, Call the Medwife I've not seen obviously Des I saw some of it and Doctor Who as I said I'm pretty much almost up to date uh, doesn't yeah like you said it doesn't really surprise me that Doctor Who has uh, won again here but um, mm. yeah I like Brassic and Save Me 2 from this list yeah pretty good outcomes are unexpected I think Des really good deserved you've got David Tennant um, and Call the Midwife is just a real family favourite it must have been quite popular again that was early I think and that normally gets released in about January so our voters for this one really held on to their, their programmes <laughs> they watched at the beginning of the year um, yeah, so, yeah they did mm. you could very much so so one of the new categories that we put in this year best documentary or structured reality series nominees were Down to Earth with Zac Efron Macmillan's Murder in the Outback Social Dilemma The Vow Tiger King and Unsolved Mysteries Top 3 were Murder in the Outback which was on Channel 4 and all 4 Unsolved Mysteries from Netflix and of course I mean what else could win but Tiger King out of this (laughs) so I don't think the number one spot is I mean that was by a huge margin I think that's probably won by the biggest margin of any category on the awards this year I like Unsolved Mysteries as well I don't know whether this is just availability that more people had maybe seen it because the Sky Documentaries ones were right at the bottom of the list which is a shame really it may be just the Sky Documentaries promotion hasn't been as good as maybe they hoped it was Murder in the Outback as well I didn't see so I, I don't know I don't know what else you watched out of these great no, I knew Tiger King would probably win it's good to see Unsolved Mysteries but yeah if more people had access to Millions in the Vow I think that might have done better than Murder in the Outback um, it's an all four one that I watched it is a really 
really good story. And I suppose the murder in the outback really plays into a lot of people's memories because it was a well-publicized case. Right, yeah. So that could be another reason why it did so well because people may have been drawn to it because they remember it from watching it on the newspapers. But yeah, yeah I knew Tiger King would win and I'm really pleased this category went in there sort of like, and, and that Tiger King sort of reflects the time we've been through this year in a yeah. massive way. Yeah, definitely. There was a huge drop-off between the gold, silver and bronze actually, probably the biggest gap between like the top three winning awards. So uh, Tiger King was way, way ahead on that. So uh, I don't think that's any great surprise. Moving on to best new procedural, we had uh, 911 Lone Star, FBI Most Wanted, For Life, Prodigal Son, We Hunt Together and Young Willander. The uh, top three were Young Willander in bronze, Prodigal Son in silver, and the winner was FBI Most Wanted. Yay! <laughs> um, so, Gray? Yeah, I mean, FBI Most Wanted, I re- it's so simple. It's such a simple structure. I really, really like it. I'm gutted 911 Lone Star isn't there. Yeah, but, me too. You know, you know that, that in my mind is better than Young Wallander, which I've heard things about and it's not, not gone down well. Prodigal Son, I like it. We all like Michael Sheen. I've got problems with it. I've shared on the podcast before with its believability, but hey, when we're watching a procedural medical drama, there's a lot we have to take with a pinch of salt. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I think I would have liked to see FBI Most Wanted and Lone Star in the top two and then Prodigal Son could have third, but you know, it's just what the votes come in as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good to see uh, Prodigal Son in there, you know, Tom Payne from, well, previously from Walking Dead and then yeah. uh, Michael Sheen in there as well was a great combination. But yeah, 911 Lone Star was, was quite good as well, but it's a shame that didn't get in, in the top three, but yeah. uh, it's good to see it's good to see Prodigal Son in there. There was less than 1% between Young Rolander and 911 Lone Star, so they were very, very close, but uh, okay. Young Rolander just topped it. I would have liked to have seen 911 Lone Star, Prodigal Son in the top three. I haven't seen FBI Most Wanted. They're not, I don't tend to do the Dick Wolf dramas particularly. 911 Lone Star out of that list would have been the one that I would have gone with personally, but you know, this FBI shows are incredibly popular, so... Best returning procedural or medical drama, 911, Bull, Bulletproof, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Chicago PD, Criminal UK, FBI, Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, NCIS New Orleans, SEAL Team, The Blacklist, and The Resident. NCIS in bronze position, The Blacklist in silver, and Grey's Anatomy in gold, which uh, not a show I watch, but I don't think that comes as a huge surprise, particularly yeah. given that it's Grey's Anatomy. What was interesting, actually, was to see where the uh, Chicago series rated compared to each other. So Chicago Fire came out on top with PD coming second place and Med coming third place. And the NCIS is obviously NCIS got bronze, uh, then NCIS LA and then NCIS New Orleans was sort of quite a way behind it. So, uh, yeah, it's just interesting seeing the kind of franchises rank up against each other. Fourth place was Criminal UK, which uh, just missed out. It was about half a percent between Criminal UK. UK and NCIS. I need to go and watch that second season, actually. I keep forgetting yeah. to just so much television. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There's three Chicago shows. None of them got in, into the top three. But then again, when you've got things like Grey's Anatomy in there that's been on for 17, 16 seasons or something, yeah. then that's obviously built quite a huge fan base. So the list makes sense. It's just surprising that not one of the Chicago shows got in top three. It blows my mind how NCIS got into bronze. It's something that I've not really ever come across. Mm. Like it probably has just a cult following. Um, well, the rank, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, 
Yeah, it's there's there's like what twenty seasons of it or something. Yeah. That's probably why. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm I think out of the three, Chicago Fire is the better one. Um, so that probably is the right one to come out on top. But again, I think we're probably all a bit sad. Nine one one didn't um yeah. feature higher. Yeah. So structurally and narratively well put together, I would have liked to see this be something like Criminal UK nine one one. Um, and then Grey's Anatomy for the popular vote to be the top three. That would be my preference. Yeah, I, I mean, 911, I would definitely would have, that would have been my top pick out of all of them. It's, I think, you know, we've spoken numerous times about how good that show is. So, uh, yeah, that that's a show. On to Game of the Year, which is probably going to upset Matt. Uh, so we have uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Doom Eternal, Ghost of Tsushima, Iron Man VR, Mars Horizon, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Star Wars Squadrons, Last of Us 2, Watch Dogs Legion, XCOM Chimera Squad. And the top three places were Spider-Man Miles Morales in bronze, silver went to Animal Crossing New Horizons, and gold went to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm. So, Matt? <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I, I didn't expect Assassin's Creed to win that. I just, I think that once they got past a particular era of Assassin's Creed I can't really say story-wise what that's about because it will spoil the old games to me it's significantly dropped off since they went past that story right. piece and it's just gone in basically a completely different direction I myself have lost interest in it um, Spider-Man good to see that in there um, I do have it on the way if Royal Mail ever wants to show up again and, uh, <laughs> uh, so I can play through that Animal Crossing doesn't surprise me at all when you sell 15 million probably 18 or so million by now copies on the Switch uh, makes sense because well loads of people had the game surprising Last of Us 2 isn't in there because it's just won like I don't know a, a lot of Game of the Year awards and it's won I think it, it won seven awards at the Game Awards and then won like best game at the Golden Joystick Awards won the official PlayStation Game of the Year and a whole bunch of others uh, so it surprised me that that's not in the top three uh, I know obviously with, with Last of Us 2 is a bit different because it's only on PS4 and uh, other people just might not have access to it that have got Switches well, and, and, that, and that kind of thing so. yeah you say that but then uh, you know last of us 2 is only on ps4 but then yeah. spider-man is only a ps game yeah. and animal crossing is only a switch game mm-hmm. so because i did wonder whether the platform specific thing but it's interesting that three of the top four games because last of us 2 came in fourth place three of the top four games are platform specific there's only assassin's yeah. creed which uh, you know took gold which is multi-platform out of the top four games mm-hmm. um i was interesting i was talking to my nephews who were uh, what 15 and 13 over christmas and i was talking to them and they were saying that the thing about the assassin's creed game is they're very mixed in terms of quality some of them are quite good games just not necessarily good assassin's creed games if that makes sense mm-hmm. so that you Know, like with Valhalla it's kind of it's like Black Flag basically throughout the entire concept of Assassin's Creed and had a pirate raiding game which was great fun to play but wasn't very Assassin's Creed at all and I think Valhalla's a bit more in that kind of vein than mm-hmm. uh, maybe the other things but uh, I'm no surprise that Animal Crossing is in there and I'm very happy to see Spider-Man yeah. in there but yeah I I was like you I thought Last of Us probably would have been higher but yeah mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla it is then <laughs> maybe I am the only one that 
played uh, Iron Man VR. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, uh, I mean, I if, if you look at the list, Iron Man VR is what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh down. So it's kind of mid-table, mm. which is not bad going, yeah. considering. You know, you obviously weren't the only one. It's just not quite got as high as some of the others. <laughs> Moving on to movie of the year. Uh, this, again, was a very interesting top three. We had uh, 1917, Alive, Bad Boys for Life, Birds of Prey, Borat, Emma, Enola Holmes, Hamilton, Jumanji, The Next Level, Onward, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Star Wars Ride of Skywalker, Tenet, The Gen- Gentlemen, New Mutants, The Trial of the Chicago 7 and Uncut Gems. So bronze went to 1917, silver went to Jumanji The Next Level, gold went to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which I really didn't expect. I mean, I sort of should do because it's Star Wars, but I think universally everybody says, well, yes, it's Star Wars, but they did rather drop the ball on that film. It's interesting, there's been a couple of people posted things which are the original Colin Trevorrow script, which was far more interesting than the movie that J.J. ended up making because they sort of got a bit scared at the back of The Last Jedi and kind of bottled it, unfortunately. But the, there is a breakdown to the Colin Trevorrow script. He was the director before JJ came in. There are breakdowns of that script wandering around on the internet. Go read them. They're fascinating of what that movie could have been. So, Gray, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've only seen Jumanji from the top three. Uh, right. I liked it. I thought it was a clever take, uh, how they moved the movie on in the right direction and really kept to the memory of the original film. Uh, I know there's another one in the works already, so it's obviously a really well working. Um, I haven't seen 1917, more for my shame. I've heard great things about it and the cinematography, again, it's just one I missed. And obviously you're never going to get me in a uh, cinema watching Star Wars, so uh, I can't (laughs) comment on that. Um, What I then look for is, and look at the four and five and actually Enola Holmes was on my list of top five and Birds of Prey was on my list of top five, so absolutely agree with those. I can't believe the New Mutants didn't do better considering the press (laughs) I could sit here and say that but uh, for those who want to know New Mutants came at the very bottom but that was expected you know not um, it's just been a tough year for cinema and next year I I imagine when we're making this list uh, hopefully there's a little bit more but they will be really spread across the streaming sites because I think the cinema and you know the film industry is going to have to start taking new approach otherwise we're just going to have such a backlog you imagine the cinema is in 2022 2020 are just going to have new high blockbuster films every Friday and I just think it would overload us so yeah no that is very true you look at what they're doing in the US with HBO Max all the Warner Brothers films are being released on HBO Max at the same time that they come out in the cinema which is an interesting approach to take unfortunately it's not one they can do over here because they haven't got that option Um, I mean you could dump it across onto the things you could do is deal with Sky maybe and and do it that way but uh, yeah or you could put it on demand to just buy <laughs> like they have with other films as well yeah um, possibly so, yeah yeah um, yeah Star Wars isn't dead apparently um, no apparently I mean, not no. <laughs> yeah I mean the Mandalorian's evidence of that anyway but uh, yeah. yeah it's just it's just continues to be very interesting to me when you know that trilogy finished and a lot of the angry people that didn't like the films were like oh Star Wars dead that's it you know forget about it but uh, it's won the Geek Tone Award here and of course Mandalorian kind of uh, brought Star Wars back to 
to back to people on that in, yeah. in ways that they wanted. I liked Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was good. Sure, it could have been better, but uh, I'll just always ask the question of, okay, why did Ryan Johnson do the second of a trilogy and then JJ did the start and the end yeah, of it, yeah. um, which surely isn't a good way to plan your trilogy if you've got a different director in the middle. So what else was on there? Uh, yeah, 1917, I really, really liked. I thought that was great. Jumanji, I have seen the first one, but not the second one. Birds of Prey, I really liked. Alive, that's probably a little bit more sort of niche, like only on Netflix and it's a zombie thing. So New Mutants, I liked. Apparently not many other people did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, At least it's a... actually got released now. I mean, that, that movie was stuck on a shelf somewhere literally since before Fox became part of Disney. And I mean, it's it's literally been on a shelf for like three or four years, that movie. Mm. So I'm glad it's finally got released. I would have liked to have seen Hamilton further up, but I, uh, you know, it is a bit of a cheat Hamilton because it is technically a film, but it is basically a film of a stage play. But it's still brilliant. But yeah, I, I was just surprised that Rise of Skywalker ended up being the number one. And I was as well, yeah. I was did, surprised about that. Could have been a much better film, but there you go. That's what they voted for. That was still cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to most anticipated new TV series of 2021. We had American Horror Stories, Loki, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Superman Lois, Last of Us, The Nevers, Walker, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier. So bronze went to Star Trek Strange New Worlds, silver went to Loki, and gold went to American Horror Stories by 0.1%. It beat Loki. Uh, I mean, and, and Loki was ahead for the longest time, and it was only in the last couple of days that flipped. Just proving, once again, it's very difficult to beat Ryan Murphy and that sort of juggernaut that is American Horror Stories. For those of you who don't know, American Horror Stories is basically the same idea as American Horror Story, except it's an anthology series per episode as opposed to per season. So it's kind of more in the Twilight zone kind of way of each episode is a different story. For me, I'm, I am a little bit surprised American Horror Stories won this. Ever since it got announced, I've not seen that many people talking about it, and there seems to be a bit more anticipation for the actual next season of American Horror Story, but uh, yeah, it, it won that here. Loki is no surprise, really. Star Trek Strange New World, it's going to be good to see those characters back again. Last of Us would be the winner here for me as my most anticipated show. <laughs> Mine would be WandaVision. Um, is still, I'm really looking forward to I'm that. I'm really yeah. looking forward to that, and just like the concept behind it, I, I suppose it's anticipated. I really want it to do well. I anticipate that there'll be some uh, some negativity, but I just really hope it is good. And, you know, if we're lucky, we'll be fed through most of the year with the Marvel television series. If they feed yes. into one another like they're predicting, yeah, um, that, that's why it makes me most anticipated. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really pleased that Loki's up there, but I would have wanted WandaVision to maybe uh, knock out one of the other two and be up there too. I'm surprised that WandaVision, given that that is the one that they've we've seen the most of and it's been promoted so much, uh, I'm surprised that wasn't in the top three. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Strange New Worlds is up there because I think that totally deserves it. American Horror Stories, I'm, I understand why it's there because there is a huge fan base for that franchise but I was surprised that it was that high I was expecting it to be sort of WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier Loki and Strange New Worlds but yeah so that was sort of an interesting selection that mm -hmm. they got there Do you think with Last of Us is a case that okay we know that you know Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann are both involved we don't we don't actually know who's playing Eddie yeah, and we, Joel at the moment I, so. I think that's the thing with the Last yeah, of Us series or any of the characters yeah no, those main we, two 
we don't so, know we don't know enough about it i think at the mm, moment where the other ones are closer. who's involved and where it is but not the cast so yeah moving on to most anticipated game um mm. beyond good and evil 2 cyberpunk 2077 hello infinite hitman 3 hogwarts legacy horizon forbidden west uh kerbal space program 2 psychonauts ratchet and clank vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 so top three went to halo infinite and bronze hogwarts legacy in silver and i mean i think predictably cyberpunk 2077 in gold which is somewhat ironic given there is a lot of people that will probably have played it and possibly finished it like me by now which <laughs> is one of the other things i did over the holiday and i i mean i was quite lucky in the fact that i'm playing it on a fairly high spec pc and the pc version didn't have any of the problems that the console versions did uh, not where anywhere near to the same extent i mean the odd crash here and there but nothing horrendous um <laughs> whereas you know the console versions i mean this of course the reason that cyberpunk 2077 is in here is because it was released in december and the awards run from december 2019 through to november the end of november 2020 so we include december from the previous year because of the fact that the awards run through the voting runs through december that's why it's in most anticipated for next year and it's no great shock that that ended up being the number one and there are still people particularly for a PS4 user that are anticipating being able to play this game I guess at this point. Yeah, I put the game down after about 10 hours or so. It, it's not in a terrible state, it's just I want the game's performance to be a bit better. I've not had any of the crazy wild glitches I've seen because there's like compilation videos you can go and watch of glitches and that sort of thing uh, and there's been some crazy, crazy things. None of that has happened to me. It's just been the case that the actual performance of the game, like when I'm shooting people or whatever it just doesn't run very well and there's supposed right. to be two patches on the way so I'm just going to be a bit patient and wait for those. Um, but it still makes sense. You know, CD Projekt Red, Cyberpunk, been anticipated for seven or eight years or however long it's been. Uh, Halo Infinite surprises me because I don't think that game's in a very good state. <laughs> uh, we, we saw some footage of it. I can't remember which presentation. There was a lot of different game presentations this year. Graphically, it didn't look that great. I just think there were some issues with the game. The director of the game's also left. That does happen with a few games, but sometimes it's not a good sign. Sometimes it's, it's, it's all right, but I, I just don't feel like that game's in a very good state. Hogwarts Legacy, I'm really looking forward to, though. Mm. I think that's got just a lot, of, a lot of RPG sort of spells, potential, all that kind of thing. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, I'm really looking forward to, just to see what they're going to do with all these rift, timey-wimey kind of things that are going on. So, <laughs> But yeah, like you said, it's no surprise that uh, Cyberpunk has won. Yeah, I mean, it took me just over 100 hours to complete everything and most of the huh. side quests as well. The only thing I didn't do was collect all the cars but I did a pretty much everything else. I played through that pretty comprehensively and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not up to the level of The Witcher 3, but The Witcher 3 is kind of the pinnacle of RPG gameplay. So mm. I, I think it would be unfair That's to compare the bar. two directions. Yeah. It's incredibly <laughs> high bar to, to clear. Um, it's still a very, very, very playable and enjoyable game as long as you can actually play it and it's not crashing over you every five minutes. But as I say, the PC version has been working perfectly well as long as you've got a reasonable enough PC to play it. So I would advise 
going out and picking that up. I am looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. I think, you know, removing it out of the main Potter world kind of timeline and shoving it back a yeah, few thousand years. Yeah, making it a bit more of its own thing. Yeah, so. it makes it its own thing, but still some familiarity. Psychonauts 2, I'm massively looking forward to, and Cabal Space Program and, and Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines 2 are the, those are the ones that I really, really am looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Lily Rapp, who I met about a year and a half ago, probably longer than that, actually. Um, she's doing voices for uh, Psychonauts 2. She worked on the first game. So, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. If we can wake Grey back up now. Uh, (laughs) Oh, hello. What? So, uh, most anticipated movie of 2021. Now, this I found very interesting. Quiet Place 2, Black Widow, Dune, Ghostbusters, Morbius, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Eternals, The Matrix 4, Suicide Squad, Top Gun Maverick, Uncharted, Untitled Spider-Man sequel, and Wonder Woman 1984. So the bronze went to Top Gun Maverick, the silver went to No Time to Die, and the gold went to The Matrix 4. I have to say those are three things that I didn't expect to be in the top of the list. I don't know about you, Gray. I thought No Time to Die might do well, but the other two surprised me so much. And, you know, I genuinely thought we'd have some Marvel films in there. Yeah. That's just you know we've had a year off of marvel partly because of the covid but partly because they'd already planned to have a year off but yeah i mean they i surprised when i you sent me the list earlier dave i was a bit like right no time to die expected but like black widow came in fourth you know why are people voting for the matrix four matrix four doesn't interest me because of what they did with matrix two and matrix (laughs) three The interesting thing to me as well is you look at that list, all the Marvel movies are right at the bottom of the list. Shang-Chi and Legends of the Ten Rings right at the bottom. The Eternals, Morbius all way way down there in actual fact the di- with the exception of Black Widow which is a movie that a lot of people have been waiting for for a while and it's a character that we know which came in fourth Wonder Woman and the Suicide Squad rate higher and the highest Marvel movie is actually the Spider-Man sequel the big tentpole Marvel next phase movies which are the Eternals and Shang-Chi are right at the very bottom and given that this is our audience that are voting on this I found that fascinating and I get the nostalgia element of, you know, Top Gun Maverick and, and, you know, people love James Bond. I was a little surprised that The Matrix 4 was that high, but I guess people do love Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I mean, I do. I love Keanu Reeves, but I was still quite surprised that was the number one thing. But yeah, I that was a really interesting result, I thought, for that category. Do you think it's poss- possible that, I mean, because you look at those bottom Marvel films that you mentioned from Spider-Man downwards, Morbius is the only one that we've had a trailer for? Well, there is that yeah I think there is that and I also think that the Eternals and Shang-Chi are characters that people didn't know even uh, are not at all familiar with I mean I know people weren't familiar with Guardians but when Guardians came out we'd already had things like Iron Man and Captain America and and the big characters that people were familiar with and then they released Guardians and it was sort of like oh what's this weird little film (laughs) that they've stuck in and it turned out to be this amazing thing 
thing. I mean, I hope that's going to be the case with Eternals and Shang-Chi. And, you know, when we come to do the movie of the year, the end of this year or you know, start of next year, when that gets announced, I rather suspect that you could see a complete, you know, almost a complete reverse of this list. But mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong about that. But I have faith that Marvel know what they're doing when it comes to crafting these uh, you know, movies. Kevin mm-hmm. Feige's a very clever guy. That will be interesting to see. But I was really surprised. And you could be right. It could be just the lack of us mm-hmm. not having seen anything. So if you look at Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman, we know a lot more about those films as well. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of makes sense with you know James Bond, Top Gun, you've got Tom Cruise, and then you've got Keanu Reeves with uh, Matrix 4. Those mm-hmm. are three pretty big names. They somewhat make sense, maybe not in that particular order. I am surprised that Matrix 4 did win. And I mean, not that closely. You've got a, at least two or three percent between the, the you know, each of the top three categories yeah. as well. I mean, you know, there's, there's, they are reasonably spread out. So, uh, yeah, I, interesting category to end on, I think, that. Uh, <laughs> there was one final category, which I haven't actually posted on the website, and I wanted to keep it for the show because I, I found this just really fun. There is an open box that was at the end of the awards. It just says, what's your favourite TV show of all time? So from that, I compiled a top 10 list of uh, what people voted for for this year as their favourite show of all time. So you could basically write in... In absolutely anything. I would like to give a special mention to the shows that got one vote because I thought there were some wonderfully silly answers in there. The Littlest Hobo was got one vote. Uh, Moonlighting got one vote as well. Do either of you even remember have ever seen Moonlighting? Oh, Bruce, is that Bruce Willis? No. Bruce Willis, yes, yeah. and Civil Shepherd, yeah. One Foot in the Grave got a vote. To the Manor Born got a vote. Uh, somebody put in Beatles about. Oh my <laughs> and the Wombles got a vote, which is very random, but okay. So, so those, those are the, some of the things that won't be winning that they got. They got one vote in tenth place. Two shows which I don't think I've ever shared the same air before: Red Dwarf, which I adore. And The Sopranos, which I also adore. <laughs> but I don't think you've ever had them both on the same billing before. So that was in the tenth place. Ninth place, Big Bang Theory. Eighth place was The Walking Dead. Seventh place was Star Trek, although there is a sort of caveat to that because a lot of people just put in Star Trek without defining mm. which Star Trek it was. Uh, some people did. Some people put Star Trek, the original series. Some people put Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, they actually ranked as uh, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Discovery, then Enterprise, then Voyager was the sort of if the rank of the Star Treks. But quite a lot of people, large majority of people that voted for Star Trek just put in Star Trek. So I took that to mean Star Trek, the original series, but they might have meant Discovery and just not been specific about it. But that's got a seventh place ranking based purely on the people that put in Star Trek, not the individual shows. Sixth place went to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I love. Uh, Fifth place went to Supernatural. Fourth place went to Friends. Third place, again, an interesting pairing. Breaking Bad and Only Fools and Horses got the same amount of votes. Mm. Second place, despite everything, and the final season went to Game of Thrones. And number one, of course, went to Doctor Who. (laughs) So, Dave, when you were doing this, I wrote down my top five where I think, and I got four of them. I well got done. Friends, Breaking Bad, Doctor Who and Only Fools and Horses. 
Spoilers. I just missed Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that Only Fools and Horses was quite so high, although I guess I shouldn't be. But just if you're allowed to pick any show in the entire world and Only Fools and Horses is the one you pick but you know there's obviously a lot of love out there for it Uh, you know joint third place with Breaking Bad but Breaking Bad Game of Thrones Doctor Who is the top three or Breaking Bad slash Only Fools and Horses Game of Thrones and Doctor Who I think he's he's I mean, there are some fairly usual suspects in there. Uh, Red Dwarf, Big Bang Theory, Walking Dead, Star Trek, Buffy, Supernatural, Friends. I'm not surprised by any of those that that's what people went for. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see Breaking Bad and Only Forces um, so high on the list. I think I do probably think that Only Fours and Horses is not only the best British comedy of all time, but probably the best British show. I can't think of another British show that's just yeah. that consistently good. Uh, that plus is you got true. David Jason just doing all sorts of good things in there. Doctor Who winning again is uh, a little bit surprising at the top of this list, maybe. Um, but Breaking Bad being in there is great. Good to see Walking Dead in there as well. I know that. Yeah. Uh, I know there, there was a few bad seasons. We, we all know about that, but yeah. um, you know it's, it's recovered really well. So, and like I said, no surprise about things like Supernatural, Friends, and uh, some of those other shows. So yeah, it's a, it's a fairly reasonable list. I think that was a fairly solid mm. list. Um, Inter- interesting that Game of Thrones is in there, considering the amount of hate it got for the last yeah, and- two. Seasons. And in, really. second, and in second place as yeah, well. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's really, really high. And, uh, you know, Doctor Who, I think, again, I think the fan base is just so huge for that mm, show. Yeah. Um, that's why it's so high. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of love out there for it. So that is the end of the awards for this year. Just a huge thank you to everybody that voted this year. Uh, we will, of course, be back in December where you can go and vote again. Should also say a quick congratulations to our, our two winners, uh, Paul in Leeds who won the main prize and Sean who is in Stabridge who won the uh, runner-up prize as well they are winging their way to you soon once I can figure out how to get things out in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> uh, so uh, but I will be getting them out to you soon that's almost everything for this week we have just got some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> So highlights for next week. We have Nicolas Cage's History of Swear Words starting on the 5th of January on Netflix, which is just the most bonkers idea for a show. But if you like Nicolas Cage and you like swear words, uh, check out Netflix on the 5th of January for that. Curse of Oak Island, season eight of that comes to History Channel on the 6th of January at 9pm. Then we've got Bless This Mess coming to Fox UK. That is on the 6th of January at 9pm as well, which is a uh, sitcom starring Dak. Shepherd and Lake Bell. That's actually pre-cancelled. It's one of the many, many things that comes onto Fox that is pre-cancelled. So I think it's got one or two seasons. How many of they got? Uh, <laughs> I told you, they just, Disney gave them a big box of cancelled <laughs> stuff. Of yeah, big, here's a big box of cancelled shows. Stick those on to fill in some airtime. Death in Paradise is back for its 10th season. Uh, there's been a few interesting little surprises popping up for the 10th season as well, which you may have seen floating around online. That's on the 7th of January at 9pm that starts This Is Us returns for the second half of its fifth season and that's on Amazon Prime on the 7th of January New Amsterdam the season 2 of that starts on More 4 on the 7th of January at 10pm however if you have Sky the whole of season 1 and 2 
2 is now available on demand. I'm trying to get them to tell me whether that means they've got season three as well and whether it's moving from Amazon to Sky. We don't know yet. I will post something on the website when we find out exactly what's happening with New Amsterdam. But New Amsterdam seasons one and two are available all on demand. So if you've not got Amazon, which is where it previously had aired, and you have got Sky, you can go and watch New Amsterdam on on Sky. And it's a superb medical drama. If you've not seen it, it's well worth going to watch. And it'll be on Now TV as well, of course. Discovery of Witches season two of that arrives on Sky one on the 8th of January at 9pm. Then Dickinson season two of that comes to Apple TV on the 8th of January. Not Going Out returns for its 11th season on BBC One on the 8th of January at 9.30. Hudson and Rex, which is the uh, man and his dog cop show, that's on Alibi on uh, 10th of January at 7pm. Then American Gods returns for its third season on Amazon Prime. That's on the 11th of January and the fourth and I think final season of Room 104 the anthology series comes to Sky Comedy on the 12th of January at 10.15 so I should probably go and watch season three yeah I I should probably go and watch the rest of season two and season three actually and uh, that is everything for this week we will be back with a normal show next week so we will see you then if you want to catch up with people in the meantime you can of course go and find Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org and uh, has lots of podcasts going up on there. You can also go and get Bex who's on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's Bites with a Y who is streaming pretty much daily and evenings over on there. She just streams her entire life onto uh, Twitch mm. these days but uh, go and check out Bex's stream. She's very very funny on there. For us of course you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. Want to get a jitch- your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook and facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.